Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. We begin tonight with a big setback for President Biden from the Supreme Court, blocking his vaccine mandate for large businesses. The blow to the president's plan to fight COVID. The nation's highest court issues a pair of rulings. No mandates for big employers, but allows a vaccine requirement for some health care workers. Tonight, what it all means. Plus, the military's on the way. The president sends troops to hospitals on the brink and promises 500 million more tests for Americans. Charged with seditious conspiracy. The leader of the Oath Keepers and 10 others indicted for the January 6th Capitol attack, marking the first time that prosecutors used the charge in more than a decade. The Queen's Gambit. Her Majesty strips Prince Andrew of all his military roles and royal duties as he faces a sexual assault lawsuit as a private citizen. Dangerous winter storm, heavy snow and Arctic cold from the Midwest to the East Coast heading our way. Voting rights defeat just days after the president vowed to pass landmark legislation. Tonight, the serious hurdle he faces. Eye on America, the two unlikely heroes hoping to bring vital services to one of the nation's poorest communities. And riding to freedom. One Afghan woman's journey from Taliban rule to the American dream. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We start tonight with some very significant decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court a mixed pair of rulings that will directly impact nearly 100 million Americans. The court's conservative majority says the Biden administration does not have the authority to impose a vaccine or test rule on private companies, but it does have the ability to mandate COVID shots for most health workers. 
President Biden says he was disappointed by the decision to, quote, block common sense requirements for large businesses, but that keeping the rule for doctors, nurses and others who work in settings that receive federal aid will save lives. The decisions come as the U.S. is facing a surge in new cases and record hospitalizations. As we come on the air, nearly 63 percent of Americans are fully vaccinated. CBS's Meg Oliver joins us with all of the day's developments. Good evening, Meg. Nora, good evening. We have new details about those rulings. And the news comes as President Biden announced new resources for hospitals facing staffing issues like this one. And the administration will buy 500 million more COVID-19 at-home tests for Americans. Tonight, a blow to the Biden administration as COVID cases careen out of control across the U.S. The Supreme Court blocking the president's plan to require employees at large private companies to be vaccinated or test weekly for COVID. But the court is allowing the mandate for most health care workers. This comes as the president called in the military today to help overwhelmed hospitals in six states survive the surge. If you're unvaccinated... If they test positive, you are 17 times more likely to get hospitalized. As a result, they're crowding our hospitals, leaving little room for anyone else who might have a heart attack or an injury in an automobile accident. Today marked the highest seven-day average for hospitalizations since the pandemic began. And in New Jersey, hospitalizations are up more than 320 percent compared to this time last month. At University Hospital in Newark, more than 300 workers are out. While patients continue to stream in, nearly half are infected with COVID. 17 of them are on ventilators. How dire is your staffing shortage? It's extremely dire right now. It's really bad. And I'm uh, being transparent with the public, but I'm also being transparent with my staff. 23 military medics will arrive here next week to help out for a month. Risk of rationing care, the risk of losing even more hospital staff every day, all of that does keep me up at night. One out of every five hospitals has a critical staffing shortage nationwide, and six states report an ICU capacity of less than 10 percent. You've reached the breaking point. I really do think so. I think our nurses uh, who have been working uh, for, again, for weeks on end and our doctors and our support staff really uh, are, are at the limit. There is a glimmer of hope. Over the last four days here, Dr. Elnahal says cases have leveled off, but the severe staffing shortages could last several weeks, if not months. Nora? Thinking of our health care workers, Meg Oliver, thanks. We turn now to a significant new development into the sprawling investigation into the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The Justice Department today, for the first time, filing the most serious charge yet against members of the Oath Keepers seditious conspiracy, alleging the group conspired to overthrow the U.S. government with force. CBS's Jeff Begays has all the stunning new details. Prosecutors say the 11 Oath Keepers charged today with seditious conspiracy began planning for an attack shortly after President Biden's victory became official. It's just amazing that Trump let the election be stolen out from under him and then let our country be stolen like this, our, our government. The far-right extremist group's notorious leader, Stuart Rhodes, a former Army paratrooper with a Yale law degree, sent a message to a group chat on November 5th. We aren't getting through this without a civil war. Over the next month, prosecutors say Rhodes, arrested today in Texas, used encrypted apps to organize the January 6th assault. Members of the Oath Keepers, outfitted in full combat gear, 
were seen marching in a military-style stack formation through the crowd, up the east steps of the Capitol. Prosecutors say Rhodes, who was not inside the Capitol, was directing them via cell phone and a chat app. The indictment alleges that the stack split in two once inside the Capitol, one toward the Senate chamber to disrupt the certification and the other toward the House in search of Speaker Pelosi. Prosecutors also say Rhodes had several armed quick reaction forces on standby in Virginia that could be called in to escalate the attack. To date, about 20 Oath Keepers have been charged in connection with the insurrection. It wasn't just an unruly mob. Harry Littman is a former U.S. attorney. We're past the point of seeing this as some kind of spontaneous riot and really into seeing it as an actual assault on the operation of U.S. law itself. Tonight, Roach's attorney disputed the charges contained in the court documents, including the allegation that after all the violence here on January 6th, some of the Oath Keepers went to a restaurant in nearby Virginia and they celebrated and also allegedly planned what was coming next. Nora. Jeff Begay is on Capitol Hill. Now to the weather. A massive storm system will bring up to a foot of snow for parts of the Plains and Midwest on Friday before taking aim at the south and the east this weekend. CBS's Lonnie Quinn is tracking the storm for us. All right, what are we going to get, Lonnie? All right, well, right now, first of all, Nora, we're watching a storm that doesn't look like much of a storm at all right now. It's going to develop. If you take a look at the radar picture, you know, off the west coast, it's like around Seattle or so. It's just coming on shore right now. It's a mess. It gets organized. It makes its push through the northern plains. And take a look at how the Futurecast is handling everything. A place like Des Moines picks up a half a foot or more. By Saturday morning, 6 a.m., it is snowing from Omaha over towards St. Louis. Now by Sunday morning, we have snow as far south as Jackson, Mississippi, and that stretches all the way up to places like, I'll say, North Carolina or so. The icing is taking place from Atlanta into Raleigh. By Sunday night, we have snow falling from Atlanta to through portions of Pennsylvania. And I think the biggest totals of all, we are going to find western North Carolina, western Virginia, upstate New York. And those numbers look like this. Nashville comes in with six inches. Asheville comes in with 16 inches. The biggest number of Buffalo, about 20 inches. But the big northeast cities missed this one, maybe an inch or so around Philadelphia, Boston, and New York City. Nora, that's the way we see this storm. Lonnie Quinn, thank you. In a last-ditch effort to pass voting rights legislation, President Biden made his way down Pennsylvania Avenue to Capitol Hill today to meet with Senate Democrats. But in a sign of how the meeting went, the president all but accepted defeat, admitting he doesn't have the votes to get the landmark bill through Congress. Here's CBS's Scott McFarlane. Mr. President, whose mind can still be changed? President Biden tried to use his political capital to swing some U.S. senators today, but was disarmed before he even arrived. I don't know that we can get it done, but I know one thing. As long as I have a breath in me, I'm going to be fighting to change the way these legislatures have moving. One of the two Democratic senators the president needed announced on the Senate floor she was not on board. While I continue to support these bills... I will not support separate actions that worsen the underlying disease of division infecting our country. Democrats are pushing voting rights legislation that would make Election Day a federal holiday, require all states to allow early and mail-in voting, and make it harder for states to pass voter ID laws. But without all 50 Democrats agreeing to change Senate voting procedures and push through the new voting reforms, there is no path forward. Former President Obama tried to nudge the holdouts in an editorial writing America's long-standing grand experiment in democracy is being sorely tested. 
Nineteen mostly Republican-controlled states have passed legislation restructuring voting, placing limits on ballot drop boxes and imposing tougher rules for voter IDs. We missed this time. And the state legislative bodies continue to change the law, not as to who can vote, but who gets to count the vote. Count the vote. Count the vote. He's running scared. The left believes he's failed on multiple fronts, and they don't believe he's fought hard enough to bring about voting rights. CBS News has learned those two holdout senators are meeting at the White House tonight, but there's no indication of any spark to jumpstart his stalled political effort. Nora? Some late-night arm twisting. Scott McFarlane, thank you. A stunning turn in the Prince Andrew-Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Queen Elizabeth today stripped her son of all of his military titles and royal duties. Buckingham Palace made the announcement in a terse two-sentence statement just a month before the Queen celebrates her platinum jubilee, marking her 70-year reign as monarch. CBS's MTS Tayab reports from London. Of all that glittered in Prince Andrew's gilded life, it was the pomp and pageantry of the military that saw him on parade. And now, that's gone. In a brief statement from the Queen tonight, she stripped her second son of a range of military affiliations and royal patronages. A palace source later confirmed Andrew would no longer use the title His Royal Highness. This spectacular fall from grace comes just a day after a Manhattan court judge rejected his efforts to dismiss a sexual assault civil lawsuit against him by Virginia Jeffrey. Jeffrey says convicted sex offender, the late Jeffrey Epstein, trafficked her to the prince in the early 2000s when she was just 17 and says she was raped by Andrew. Allegations he denies. So the idea of a financial settlement is not the thing that's of interest to her then, is it? It, a purely financial settlement is not uh, anything that I think that you're right. interested in. This latest twist comes after more than 150 British military veterans wrote to the Queen to ask her to strip the prince of his honorary military roles. Andrew hasn't performed any official duties since 2019 and is rarely seen in public, but was pictured leaving his home in Windsor today, just hours before the Queen's announcement. A source close to Prince Andrew tells CBS News this case is, quote, a marathon and not a sprint, and that Andrew will continue to defend himself. But after tonight, that defense, the palace says, will be as a private citizen. Nora. MTS Tayab in London. Some breaking news. California Governor Gavin Newsom has denied parole to Robert F. Kennedy's assassin, Sirhan Sirhan, after more than a half century behind bars. Newsom rejected a recommendation from a two-person panel of parole commissioners saying the 77-year-old Sirhan poses an unreasonable public safety threat. Well, the Kennedy family says they are deeply relieved by the decision. We turn now to a hidden crisis that's threatening lives in our most vulnerable communities. Many are living without things that most of us take for granted, like running water and sanitation. The new trillion-dollar infrastructure act provides nearly $12 billion dollars to fix that. In tonight's Eye on America, CBS's Adam Yamaguchi takes us to rural Alabama, where help is desperately needed. America in the 21st century hides its shame in the backyards of the rural poor. In Lowndes County, Alabama, Perman Hardy knows all about it. When there's a lot of rain, you cannot flush the toilet. You and cannot. if you did, it would be all over your house? Yeah. When it go bloop, 
blue, get ready. Here it comes. In the unincorporated areas of this county, where Martin Luther King famously led the Selma to Montgomery March, there's no municipal sewage system. And for an estimated 80% of households, no adequate septic system either. It bags up in the shower, bags up in the tub, gnats everywhere. Raw sewage regularly flooded Kenneth Gordon's 83-year-old mother's house. This the tub, hmm. the toilet, they have most of the problems. He had to move her out. Were you concerned about your mother's health? Yes, very, very concerned about her health. Untreated sewage can lead to bacterial infections and intestinal parasites. The only solution is a new system. But the hard clay soil here requires specially designed septic systems that can cost as much as the median household income in Lowndes County. Right there, right there. With the brown car in it? Oh, uh, the brick house. Uh -huh. yeah, Which is why Sherry car. Bradley of the right Alabama there. Department of Public Health and Perman Hardy are taking matters into their own hands. Okay, this is the first meeting of the Black Belt Unincorporated Wastewater Program. Bradley and Hardy raised $700,000 in donations to install working systems. Qualifying residents make a one-time down payment, then pay a $20 monthly fee. Every time it rains, people, they, they, they know what might happen. They know that sewage may shoot out and come back in their house. What sort of damage does that do? I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. Thank you so much for having me out here. But on this day... Bradley and Hardy's teamwork paid off. They got a new septic system installed at Ernestine Gordon's place. I am so happy that I don't have to come outside and look at this. <laughs> It's going to go that way that instead way. of that, that way. And, and uh, mom said, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a great day. <laughs> it's been a long, hot day. Rena Gordon can only hope she's next. Do you know when that might happen? I really don't know. I hope it be soon. Adam Yamaguchi for Ion America, CBS News, Lowndes County. And now we've learned the Justice Department is opening an investigation into the state. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Tonight, a New York City police officer is in stable condition after trying to stop one of two carjackings that took place in Manhattan on Wednesday within a span of an hour. One carjacking was caught on camera. A suspect armed with a taser forced his way into a black Audi SUV and plowed into several other cars while the officer tried to stop him. Tonight, more than 400,000 people with student loans will get some debt relief after one of the nation's largest student loan companies reached a multi-state settlement. Navient agreed to cancel debt for some and will pay more than $140 million to others. The company was accused of pushing students into long-term debt instead of offering less costly repayment plans. Navient denied acting illegally and did not admit to any wrongdoing under the settlement. Tonight, we have a story of inspiration and perseverance. CBS's Jan Crawford introduces us to a brave young woman who is creating change despite the odds. On this quiet bike path outside Washington, D.C., Raksar Habibsai is free. 
I'm flying on the sky. Flying? Yeah, I'm flying in the sky. I feel peace of mind. I'm free. As a young girl in Afghanistan, peace and freedom were a constant struggle. Women weren't allowed to ride a bike. Were you afraid? Yeah, I was afraid in, like if someone is seeing me, like they will beat me or maybe they'll harass me. She persevered, ultimately leading the Afghan women's cycling team, which was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. But then last summer, the Taliban resumed control. What was behind your decision to, to get out? And were you afraid then? After four dangerous days of waiting, she finally got a flight out. I left my bicycle, my everything, my family. She's starting a new life in Virginia, pursuing her goal of becoming a dentist and joining a competitive bike team. Her focus, to compete in the Olympics. What flag would you hope to represent? For my country. For Afghanistan. For Afghanistan. And for all the young girls still there. Jan Crawford, CBS News, Fairfax, Virginia. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman has a lost and found love story more than 40 years in the making. And also a quick thank you. We have been overwhelmed by how many of you have donated blood this week and tagged us. Every donation can save three lives. So thank you so much. And if you still want to donate, we have resources on our website. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.